Hello, everyone. It is now 10.14 in the morning in Melbourne. I had a little bit of a glitch with my audio. It is 8.14 on the East Coast of the United States. And I welcome you to the live episode of A Yank on the Footy for May the 19th, 2021. I'm Craig Wessels from Sandusky, Ohio. And I'm glad that you're listening. I'm so glad that you're tuning in to tonight's live episode where we're going to dig into some of the big issues of the uh, day. We're going to look ahead to round 10. We're going to look back at round nine as well. Remember, if you want to dig into the uh, episode, you can do that by um, joining in. You can also, you know, help out the podcast if you want to by going to the Buy Me a Coffee page or my storefront page on my website if you would like to do that. And uh, I'm going to send this link out to a couple of people here really quickly that were uh, that were on here before. And uh, let me see if I can put it out on Instagram here real quickly to them because I'm, I'm, I got about 10 minutes in and they said, hey, we're not hearing anything. And I'm a little frustrated by that. I don't know what happened. But uh, it is what it is. So that's what happens when you're uh, when you're trying to do live radio or audio and you think you know what the hell you're doing, because uh, quite frankly, I guess I don't. Uh, so back at it then, ladies and gents. Um, you know, like I said, if you want to help out the podcast, you can hop on the uh, the buy me a coffee page on my website, yankonthefooty.com, or check out the gear at, at my uh, storefront page as well. Remember, you can... Uh, Go, go also go to the uh, website of yankonthefooty.com to leave reviews there. You can leave voicemail messages like one of the ones that we're going to be hearing here in just a moment. Uh, you can reach me by email at yankonthefooty at gmail.com. This episode's local footy club is the Bond Beach Sharks of Bond Beach, Victoria, which is on the eastern shore of Port Phillip Bay. It's a suburb to the southeast of... Melbourne and uh this club has been under is under the same umbrella as their netball club. They've been around since 1962. Uh the senior club dropped a very close game against Frankston last round 75 to 73. But the previous round they did knock off Sorrento 14-12-96 to 8-10-58. You can find a lot more information about their club on their Instagram page or their website, bondbeatsharks.com.au. A fantastic looking logo, by the way, as well. Really sharp-looking logo. Best of luck to the Sharks as they go forward this year. I hope they have a fantastic season. It's great to get back out there and uh, play footy again after having just a lousy season uh, with or no season at all due to COVID. And speaking of COVID, we've had kind of some interesting progressions that have begun happening here in the United States. Uh, you know, much of the population has now picked up or received uh, vaccines and. We've been told that if you're not, you know, most people, if they went out walking in their neighborhood, that sort of thing, in public, that sort of thing, they wouldn't necessarily wear a mask when they were doing that. When I would take my dogs for a walk, I was not wearing a mask. I mean, I would carry one in case I ran into somebody to talk to, that type of thing. But beyond that, I, I generally wasn't wearing one when I was out in the neighborhood, et cetera, doing that. But we've now been told that if you're vaccinated, and this has gone for you know, workers, employees in different in businesses and such, if you're vaccinated, that you can now, you can, you know, discard, disregard the mask and toss, you know, and, and not wear that if you choose to do so. If you want to, you certainly can. They've even, you know, I'm, I'm a school teacher by trade, and they've even, you know, told the students that if you've received your vaccine and a number of kids have, that they can go ahead and go without their masks as well. 
so we're starting to get back to a little bit of normalcy. I I joked with my uh, coworkers the other day when I the first day that I uh, went in without the mask, and I said, you know what? And I literally I, I had a uh, a bag that I was carrying about twenty different masks in. And I would wear one and I would stick it in another side of the part of the bag and I'd wear another one and stick it the other side. Then I would throw them all in the washing machine afterwards. I told them, I said, I'm going to go ahead and uh, sew all of them into a thong, which kind of freaked some of them out. Because if you uh, had, uh, if you've seen me, if you've seen pictures of me and there's you know, one up on my, I guess up on my website, uh, you don't want to see me in a thong. Okay. Uh, it's, uh, that's one of those things that just make you go. <laughs> and cringe a little bit there. So yeah, I'm not going to be doing that, by the way. And and actually, it's kind of funny. And I, I, I've mentioned this to, uh, to people in the past. I, years ago, I used to do some open mic stand-up comedy. It was, it was a hobby. It was something I enjoyed. Uh, it was fun. Never got paid for it. It was not trying to get paid for it. It was just, it was just something that I enjoyed doing. And yeah, there's, there's that old saying that when you're speaking in front of a crowd, you're supposed to uh, help yourself relax by picturing the audience in their underwear. Well, I always took a different approach. I would be up, up on stage and I was picturing the audience, picturing me in my underwear. And I knew how uncomfortable they felt. And I knew I was a hell of a lot more relaxed than they were after I put that image into my mind. So I, that's kind of the approach that I'd taken with that. So it was it was kind of fun doing that with, with regards to... Uh, to the whole thong thing, but it, it or the whole thong thing, the mask thing. Good Lord, I've got that in my mind now. You know, it's uh, it is uh, it's just nice to maybe maybe be able to set these things aside. You know, and and I'm not, I'm probably going to hang on to them just for nostalgia's sake, if nothing else, because I'm sure we're going to end up having another pandemic, unfortunately. Uh, now, I wanted to jump into four different stories this week, as well as getting into uh a handful of games that took place last week as well. And then I want to get into my tips for, uh, for this round, uh, round 10 and round 10, you know, this is going to come out sounding kind of wrong, but it's in many ways, it's, it, it's almost a bit of a dud, if you will, as far as, as far as games this week. I mean, there are a couple of, you know, what you might call blockbuster games, you know, uh, you know, the, the Richmond Brisbane game is, is a blockbuster game. The, St. Kilda Bulldogs game is a big one, but there are a lot of other ones, you know, where you've got teams that are in the, you know, bottom 10 on the ladder who were battling with one another. And of course they're trying to get position to hopefully make a move, which we'll get into here. But last week seemed to have a lot of really big games. And, you know, you had the Bulldogs in Port Adelaide, you had St. Kilda in Geelong, Richmond and GWS, you know, so there, there were a lot of, of big games this past week. And, and I don't know what's going to happen as we go forward, you know, with this round, it could be a fantastic round. I hope it is. Uh, but yeah, the first game I wanted to get into from this past week, and to me, it was in many ways the biggest game of the week, even though it wasn't. It was the Hawthorne and North Melbourne game. And the Ruse got their first win. David Noble got the monkey off of his back. He, he's got his first win as a senior coach. And that's fantastic. And I, and I have to say this as a... Uh, as a fan of a team here in the United States, I'm a, I'm a Cleveland Browns fan. I have been for over 50 years. A few years back, we went 0-16. We lost every single game. And actually, over the course of about of two years, I think we won two games and lost 30. We were terrible. We were terrible. I would not wish 
a zero win season on anybody. It is so demoralizing as a as a uh, a fan. It's it's demoralizing for the players. And, and and I've been saying this in episodes throughout the this year. To me, in many ways, the ruse this year remind me quite a bit of Adelaide last year. You know, Adelaide had a lot of injuries last year with their senior players. You look at the list that the Ruse have right now. They've got probably eight or 10 people who would be starting in their 22 right now that are injured. And these young kids have kind of been thrown to the wolves and have, they've battled. They've not won until this past week, but I can guarantee you not one of their opponents went into the the changing rooms after the game and said, boy, they just laid down for us. We were just able to crush them. Now, there were some some wide margins in some of their scores, but they're playing hard, okay? They're playing hard. One of the big things that they've had problems with this year is putting points on the board. Doesn't mean they haven't been decent defensively, but when they're, when they're it, it's in many ways like Geelong's AFLW squad was this year. You know, they had a, they had a halfway decent, you know, defensive unit, but they had very little that could actually get the ball, you know, past midfield and threaten the other club's defense. So they were always on the defense. I mean, the Roos have been that quite that way quite a bit this year. So they, it's great to see them get this win, you know, and, you know, Jai Simpkin had a, you know, a huge game with, you know, 38 disposals and nine tackles, you know, Zerhar and Garner combined for seven goals and three behinds. It is a, uh, yeah, trust the process. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, it's, it's a, uh, it's going to be fun watching them get better. Okay. And, and I, and I'm saying that, and I'm saying that as a fan of a club who is one of the older clubs that maybe they're going to see a little bit of a decline. And I hope that's not the case, knock on wood, but you, you never know. Uh, but it was, it was just great to see them get their first win. And, uh, you know, I, I just, yeah, I wonder if this is going to be something they build upon going forward in the season uh, because, you know, it's a, uh, it's a long year. They might get another win yet, but, but who knows? Who knows? Yeah. They, they had a huge third quarter and that seems to be the trend this week. As far as the games we're talking about, you know, they, they, they kicked four goals, five to one goal, two in the third quarter and they hung on to win by seven. And the second game that I wanted to get into is, is one that I, you know, I, when I went and I looked at the actual breakdown of the score by quarters, Brisbane's third quarter Lost to Gold Coast 51 to 50 this past week. They put 50 points on the board in the third quarter. They kicked eight goals, two in the third quarter. Yeah, they had four players that had two goals apiece. Charlie Cameron had three. Daniel McStay kicked four goals, you know, zero. Lockie McNeil, or Lockie McNeil, Lockie Neal is back out running on the grounds, getting himself back into playing shape after his, his ankle issue. You know, Patty Dangerfield's hopefully going to be doing that very soon as well. You know, I got to say this, and, and, you know, Jared Lyons has, has basically stepped up as kind of the, the key midfielder. And it is, uh, these guys are scary. They are scary. You know, they, you can, you can make the argument and it's, a, it's certainly a valid argument. You know, they should have gotten the win against the cats. And then on the flip side, the cats should have gotten the win against Sydney and everything balances out. But uh, you know, quite frankly, I would, in my own personal opinion, I like the I like the Lions having one less win uh, than the than the the Swans having you know being where they have one more win. This club could be dangerous if they have figured out their goal kicking problems that have plagued them. They could absolutely tear things up later on this year. 
they attack you from so many different angles. You know, with Danaher and Hipwood and Cameron and McStay now, it's just where is it going to come from? Where is the where's the where's the kicking going to come from? And, it, and the answer is everywhere. It's coming from everywhere. So you you don't know who you don't know who to key on because there are so many different options out there. And of course, it is about health as well. But you know, it just was. It was amazing when I looked at that stat, and I'm doing the math, and I'm thinking, "Good lord, they scored 50 points that quarter." Because I like to go in and look and see, you know, well, how how big of a jump did somebody get, you know, between like that halftime into the third quarter? And it was 50, 50 to 50 points there. And and Gold Coast only scored 51 for the whole game, you know. And I, you know, you look at the uh, you know the couple of the other games that I wanted to get into, you know, the, you know the Bulldogs and Port Adelaide. You know, big win for the Bulldogs again. You know, Port has scuffled. They've lost a couple, you know, two out of their last three. But the Bulldogs did something that, you know, might bode well for some other clubs, you know, hopefully like Geelong going forward this year. Because Geelong is certainly in this situation. You know, the Bulldogs show that you don't have to have great ruck play, which they didn't really have this past game because they got – they got out uh, outplayed, you know, in their their hitouts by a, by a margin of fifty two to twenty three. So even though Port got the ball where they wanted it to go, or the hitouts were, you know, over double what the Bulldogs had, those Bulldog mil- midfielders, you know, are arguably one of the top two, top two, top three midfielders in the comp, and I think probably top two. Okay. And you know, right up there with Melbourne at this at this point in time. So I'm I'm just uh I'm impressed by the fact that they were able to to do what they did in Adelaide with you know such you know such rough play that they had. Yeah, the you know their their midfield is is you know phenomenal. You had you added to Lord of that this year. It's just it's amazing. It is amazing. And arguably, what I thought was going to be the game of the round, it turned out to be a great game, but it led to so many other things. And I'm going to get into that today as far as one of the stories this week. Uh, the Richmond and GWS game. And I have to admit, this is one of the games I got wrong this week. I tipped GWS in this game. I just thought I had a hunch that GWS was going to come in and steal this one from them. And they darn near did. They darn near got it. Okay. You know, the, Richmond is is playing with so many players out injured right now. Um yeah, well, and yeah, you said no mummy, no GWS, and I think that that is going to get doubled up now with uh, Toby Green out for the next, basically the next four rounds with a you know broken bone in his shoulder. But that's going to be a, that's going to be tough to overcome. I mean, that's the yeah. You know, now I've got that in my my tips for this week. You know, they're uh, that's the heart and soul of that club in many cases, and you know Richmond did what they had to do in the second half. They fell behind. They they went seven goals, seven to three, six in the second half. You know, Dusty in many ways willed that club to win because they had so many, you know, people whose names I had never heard before. You know, and I've got copies of the, of the, the, the club's list, but I, I, I'll be the first to admit, I don't know every player on every list. I'm starting to recognize more and more of them as we go along. And I'm, I'm seeing names or I'm seeing a number glimpsed here and there from another club during a course of a game. And I know who that is. I, for one, would love to see players stick with you know, the same number throughout their career, but, you know, like they do in, uh, in baseball and such here in the States, but that's not likely to happen. Yeah. The Tigers do have some depth and it's, 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 uh, and they showed it. And, and one of the things I was thinking is that, you know, those youngsters that don't get many games for the Tigers, 
they have to practice against the Tigers. They have to they have to practice against the defending premiers. So they they get practice against arguably the best club in the comp. Now, yes, they're five and four this year, but they're still the defending premiers. So I think that bodes well for them going forward. You know, you know, Jake Arts has uh, has really stepped up. He's he's had multiple goals in the last few games. It's been a uh, it's been nice to see him develop as well. But you know, it leads me and this is going to lead me into one of the stories this week because I, I I did something this week that I have in the last few days that I have not done since I started the podcast and I. I think maybe it went okay, but it, it's not, it was not my intent and it's not something that I really want to do. Um, but of course, you know, the D's kept rolling on as well. And let me go ahead and uh, I want to go ahead and, uh, you know, continue this tradition here with the D's. What, yeah, I, for those of you that don't know, I did, uh, I did sit down last night for about a 45 minute uh, interview with uh, the new president of the D's, Kate Roffey. Terrific person. It was great to talk to her. I have to admit, I was I was a little intimidated by the fact that I was talking to a team president. And you know, I, I during the conversation I felt very much at ease. And I brought up uh this gentleman here, uh Tony Davis, who lives here in the States, lives in uh in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And his dad uh was a premiership player with the D's back in the 1960s. Well, Tony has kind of made it a tradition here while the D's are winning. And I told him, I'll, I'll go ahead and share these uh, these clips because, you know, it's working out well for you. Uh, but Tony did uh, pop in with his uh, his discussion about uh, round nine with the D's. So I'm going to go ahead and play that here right now. So let me go ahead and uh, hit this real quickly here. And G'day, Craig. Tony Davis calling from Minnesota. Uh, Melbourne supporter, uh, weekly phone call here. Uh, nine and oh, so we'll keep the tradition going. Uh, uh, want to wish you well for your podcast this week. I'll certainly tune in. Um, these great effort against Carlton again, they just keep uh coming again up against these challenges and and nothing flashy, just very workmanlike, workmanlike efforts just, just to get over the line. Um, you know, the midfield, the defense holding up, uh, and um, McDonald playing well again, Fritch. Um, you know, they won both, you know, four or five goals without Brown or Wiedemann scoring. So it'll be interesting to see how they get that forward line sorted uh, going forwards with when Luke Jackson's ready to come back uh, either this week or next. Got Adelaide this week. Should be a win on paper, but as we well know, they don't play the game on paper. So we'll uh, we'll just, again, follow along a week at a time. Melbourne supporters don't like to get ahead of themselves. Uh, as you well know, uh, I'm a Pittsburgh Steelers fan and – they started 11 and 0 last Ooh, year. And the season ended sorry. very poorly <laughs> at the hands of your Cleveland Browns. So we'll just uh, again enjoy it. Um, it's just fun to see, uh, and a lot of years uh, that uh, we've been waiting for this. 1956, I think, was the last time they started 9 and 0. Uh, I think before that, it was best run was 8 and 0. Uh, 1965. My my dad was on that team, so that's how long ago it was. Um, excited to hear your interview with Kate Rafi, the new president of Melbourne. What a great guest for you! Just shows I think your podcast is is uh, gaining traction and 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 uh, g- gaining notoriety. And Kate will be a great guest for you. And uh, I'm looking forward to that uh, that interview coming out. Uh, I think you said later this week. So I'll let you go, go D's, and we'll catch you soon. Thanks, Craig.
All right. So that was uh, that was Tony Davis, who's a big D out of the campaign. Sort of completely unexpected. That was that's uh, we'll get back to that in a minute. There, that's another clip I'm going to bring in here in a minute. Um, he's a big D supporter. Like I said, his dad played for the D's back in the '50s and '60s. Won a premiership with them. Um, yeah, it's a great question. And you know, when when Jackson's back, that's uh, it's a nice problem to have in terms of who's going to be playing where. That's a great problem to have. But you know, I, I had a couple stories that I wanted to get into this week, and one of them, uh, if you're a Carlton supporter, it's it's great news for you, I think, uh, unless it's a lot of money. But uh, Patty Cripps has uh, agreed to a new four-year deal with the club, so he's going to be with them until I think they said what that would that takes him up to like age thirty. You know, I know that there had been a lot of discussions that maybe he would be heading back to Western Australia. And, and I heard rumblings that, that Frio might hope to get an opportunity to add him to their midfield, but that's evidently not going to be happening. So, you know, the Blues are going to keep the band back, you know, keep the band together, and we'll see what uh, we'll see what goes on with them going forward. Because as, as Tony mentioned there, this is a club that on paper has as much talent as, as any other club out there. They just have not consistently put it together to where they're actually getting, getting themselves wins. So maybe the, uh, the security of a new contract will help with that. I I don't know, but I think they're just, they're, they think they're happy to have him back in the fold, knowing that he's going to be with them going forward. And I think uh, if I'm not mistaken, Harry Mackay is a, free agent at the end of this year. So they're going to have to figure out what, whether or not he's going to be coming back with them. And, you know, I don't know if those kinds of things are going to be things that get discussed. Uh, um, well, Sam Walsh is, I th- I think you could say Sam Walsh might've been, might be their best player this year. You know, Makai has been kicking all the goals. Uh, you know, somebody mentioned here that Cripps has been carrying the blues on his back for so long time for others to step up. You're, you're right. It's been, this has been a, uh, a long rebuild process. This is uh you know, since I've been following the game now for five years, the Blues have been rebuilding. And, you know, this is a club that, that you know, and I've, I've read online and I've seen the legacy of this club that, that it has been, you know, for years, one of the top clubs in the competition. But it hasn't happened in my, in my footy lifetime. I haven't seen that yet. But, and, and, and I'm hoping to see it because it, it's great to see Competitive footy, as I as I mentioned, uh, I mentioned to people, and I think I said it in the uh, interview that I did last night. I said, you know, I I, I want to see my club win, and then I want to see eight other great games. Okay, I want to see you know eight, uh, you know eight other you know fantastic games, you know close scores, a lot of action, that type of thing. That's what I want to see. So Patty Patty Cripps is going to be staying with the uh, the Blues for the foreseeable future. Yep. Possibly the, the 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 most crushing injury of the week, and this is one that I think might abs might just doom GWS's chances at finals is is Toby Green injuring his shoulder. Uh, supposedly it's a broken bone in his shoulder where he's going to miss. I think they said like four or five weeks. And this is a guy who, and you know, again when I started watching the game, this is a guy who was developing a reputation as being a a bit of a dirty player. Now, I, I saw some things that were kind of questionable, but he's certainly a hard-nosed player. And as and, and I've said this before, he's he's along with uh, Brody Majacek, a player that I would love to have on my team. 
And it's going to be tough for them to overcome him not being out there. You know, Cornelio is still out. Uh, and, you know, and I've, I've been seeing discussion, you know, that, uh, that they may, you know, maybe looking at, you know, changing, you know, the leadership position and giving the captaincy to Toby Green anyway. And that's, that's got to be rough for, for Stephen Canelio. And after having watched the uh, the stuff going on with the with the Giants in the Making Their Mark uh, series, that that's and I still have not watched the last episode of that yet. Again, I know how it turns out. I still haven't watched it yet. I will. I've just been so busy doing stuff related to the podcast that I haven't had a whole lot lot of time to watch much TV other than other than footy. So I think his injury is going to be huge. Um, you know they're sitting at four and five right now. They're they're you know they they battled for the uh, eighth position against the the Tigers, didn't get it, so they stayed outside of the eight um, at this point. But I yeah I think it's going to be uh, it's it's going to be tough for them going forward. I mean they've they've got uh, they've got a, a a great player there that they're going to be missing. Um, so yeah it's uh yeah it's like a band aid. Oh yeah. Like a bandy rip it off, and I'm assuming that you're talking about, uh, you know, stripping Canelio of his captaincy and and giving it to Toby Green. And I and I and I think, quite frankly, Toby Green would be a great captain, you know. But is, you know, I have no idea what his leadership is like in the locker room, or you know, at practice that sort of thing. Maybe maybe that's where maybe Stephen Canelio is a superior captain in those positions and and maybe maybe you know being the captain of a team could possibly impede Toby Green's playing style on the ground maybe he he's better served as being one of the vice captains or one of the assistants and and you know the acting when when Canelio is not able to play and just you know then he can go out and you know just be the you know the balls to the wall player that he happens to be you know I don't know if that inhibits him at all if he does that sort of thing um yeah. So my my next question is and and I'm going to ask this of uh of people who are uh listening to this later on. I'd love to hear your comments on this. You know, you can leave me a voicemail at yankonthefooty.com or you can leave me a comment on there as well. You know, I I and I'm asking this question in all seriousness. Do we already have the top 8 for this season? Are the eight that are there now, are those the eight that are going to be there at the end of round 23? Yeah, you know, looking at the at the at the the ladder, I think it might be the case. Okay. Okay. I think it might be the case. You know, you've got, you know, GWS is going to be without their the, the soul of their team for the next month. They're they're in the ninth spot on the ladder. Okay. They're playing West Coast this week. Tough game. Fremantle's got Sydney coming to town. Tough game. They're four and five. They've been struggling scoring goals. St. Kilda's four and five, but their their percentage is horrible. Their percentage is only 81 and a half. So sure, they might get a couple of wins, but they've got to start blowing people out of the water to build up that percentage. You know, so it's uh you know, it's it is you know, Essendon's, you know, three and six. I mean, Essendon's got one less win than St. Kilda and over 15 percentage points more. It's just, it's, it's amazing that that is, that it's that big of a, uh, big of a difference there. You know, so I, yeah, I, 
I don't think Carlton's going to be getting there. I don't think Gold Coast is going to be getting there. Certainly not Adelaide this year as well. I think they're still they're still growing. Um, you know, Collingwood's in disarray. Uh, and I know there's some of you who are out there that are kind of just wringing your hands with excitement hearing that because, uh, you know, n- not a lot of love lost for the Magpies, certainly if you're a Port Adelaide supporter. Um, but, you know, maybe we're just jockeying for position right now. I mean, you know, your top eight, you know, Melbourne, the Bulldogs, the Cats, the Lions, Port Adelaide, Sydney, West Coast, and Richmond. You know, Richmond comes, you know, Richmond's getting healthy. I mean, do you honestly think they're going to drop out of the eight? I think they're going to climb. I think they're going to leapfrog West Coast and Sydney here in the next few weeks. Is Brisbane going to, you know, drop out of the top four? I think if they're if they're kicking woes are over, I don't think they're going to drop out of the top four. I think they're going to be in the top four the rest of the time here. You know, uh, yeah. Yeah, Tarzan, you're right. Essen, if they get on a roll, the problem, and, and I know that's something that, that Harper, if, if Harper's still in here right now, Harper's going to love seeing that. But uh, the problem with Essen is they also have to stop other people from scoring. You know, they're, you know, they've got a good percentage, but they're giving up a lot of points. You know, it, it, yes, and, and uh, I think that's Tony that just topped on here, you know, that Unless there's injuries, you know, these, these top eight may be set and they're simply going to be fighting with one another to stay in position. So, you you know, you might end up with, you know, a lot of uh, clubs that are, you know, 13 and nine, uh, you know, 12 and 10 this year that are in the top eight. And they're just going to, you know, they're going to beat the hell out of each other going into finals. And it could make for a fantastic finals this year. It could. I mean, I, it's... Uh, this may be the kind. This may be the kind of year where you really, really, really want to be in the top four, because you may very well need that second chance. That's true, Harper. Yeah, it'd be very different if they'd won those three that they lost by three points. You're right. Absolutely. Yep. You know it. Uh, it is, it, and and I. I Part of me, part of me hopes that it's not set, you know, because quite frankly, as a, as as a, a fan of one of the clubs that's in the eight, that's not the defending premiers, I would love to see Richmond at, you know, in the ninth spot, at the end of round twenty three. There's that vampire stake that I've been talking about getting driven through their heart, you know, but but I don't think it's going to happen. They're still they're too darn good of a club that that once they get everybody back, they're going to, they're going to start steamrolling some people again. And they're, and we're going to go, we've seen this movie before, haven't we? You know, it's uh yeah, yes. And it is. Yeah. And I, and again, I have to, I'm going to give you know, Harper, my mea culpa here again, right now. I tipped Essen in it, you know, in the 17th spot on my ladder this year, I had them 17th and, and, and I'm surprised Harper even talks to me after that, but, uh, uh <laughs> but it was, uh, they have played played better, you know. They played competitive footy, and you can't ask for more than that. Okay, you really can't. Now, I the last story I wanted to get into today, and and I don't know if any of you want to, you know, chime in here and come on. By all means, you know, drop your your email down there, and I'll 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 send you out the the links so you can hop on, and and I'd love to share, you know, have you be able to share your views here. Um, so if you want to do that, by all means, you know, drop your email down there in the message board. And I'll send you out a link. Remember, you're going to want to have some earbuds in so you can, uh, so we don't necessarily get the feedback in the uh, in the message there, or in the in the sound there. But you know, the the last uh, 
story I wanted to get into. And this this is the one where I I I did something this week that I've not done before. Okay. And I, I do I feel a little bad about it? I don't necessarily because I uh um it was just it it's something that uh that just is was mind-boggling to me. Okay, it was mind-boggling to me. And I and I I'm gonna go ahead and uh I'm gonna go ahead and play this clip first before I before I uh jump into this here, okay? I I I I this is from SEN uh from uh, I think uh yesterday morning. Okay, and uh let me see if I can get this to work here. Um let's see here. Expectedly on the back page of Friday's Herald Sun. It became self-fulfilling. The Richmond people wouldn't go. Damien Hardwick said what he said. He used to hate going to Cairns, incidentally. I can remember his press conferences there as well. Um, <laughs> they, they, are, they, they, are, they are now acolytes for your home games should be at your home venue. So you can't read it any other way. Richmond home games should be at the MCG. Collingwood home games should be at the MCG. Bulldogs home games should be at Marvel, including their finals. And Geelong's home games should be in Geelong. So presumably, Richmond have now volunteered to, yes, we play Geelong twice a year. We're going down the highway because every team's home game should be played on its home deck. This is what we believe in. You know, at our core, we believe in it. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Uh, uh, that's why you have a home venue, isn't it? Yeah. It's not It's not for finance. It's not for the ease of a smaller boutique-style crowd. It's it's to actually win games of footy, to qualify as high as you can, to give yourself the best chance of winning the flag. And we, we want to play our home games where we choose, and we choose our home ground. So that's uh, Gerard Waitley and David King, uh, I believe yesterday morning on SEN. And I, first of all, I was stunned. You know, here, here are the, the Richmond Tigers, you know, three out of the last four premierships. And they, they have a hundred thousand members when clubs are, cl- are, are scrambling to have 50,000 members or 60,000 members or 70,000, they've got a hundred thousand members. Now, I don't know how many of those are pets. I know that there are pet memberships that are out there. I'm not poking fun at that sort of thing at all, but they, their home ground is the MCG now. They had a home game scheduled, and this is the part that absolutely blows my mind, 5.7 kilometers away from their home ground at Marvel Stadium. 5.7 kilometers. I think I could probably walk that. It might take me a while, but I think I could get there, okay? There were less than 19,000 fans in the stands. Less than 19,000 fans in the stands. That, to me, is mind-boggling. If you are a passionate supporter of your club, you're telling me you can't travel three and a half miles to go watch your team? I'm calling bullshit on that. And I did mark this one as as explicit, okay? Because I, I this one was going to get me fired up. And it got me fired up on Twitter, and I... And I and I wasn't really calling people out or challenging them or getting upset, um, you know. But it it was uh, it was just it was ridiculous. Well, this is our home ground. We're entitled to this. And I'm sitting here thinking, I'm a Geelong supporter. And we're playing two, three games a year as a home game on your ground. And yes, I know you have to win the grand final 
on that ground. I understand that, but that's in many ways that's putting the, the cart before the horse. They didn't send them to Ballarat. I think it's Ballarat. I think it's how it's pronounced. They didn't send them to Ballarat to go play. They didn't send them to go play this game at Alice Springs and say, hey, this is going to be one of our outreach games. Deal with it. They sent them 5.7 kilometers away. And, uh, well, it, yeah, you think, yeah, Tony said he thinks that the, that the, uh, that the Hardwick press conference was, was an embarrassment. Now, and I heard somebody mention that the way he stated it was that it was, uh, that if you, if you want a big crowd, you should, play, you should play the game at the MCG. Now that kind of has a double meaning. Did he mean because the, because you can seat 40,000 more people there, or did he mean, you know what? Our supporters are petulant and they're whinging. And I, I did find out that's the proper use of that term right there about having to, to go play at another ground. And, you know, I, I had, uh, I, I just found it amazing. And I had people telling me, well, the, you know, there's no night. And again, I've not been there, so I don't know what it's like at the grounds. You know, seems to me to be a nice place. It's indoors, temperature controlled. It's not cold. Uh, and people, you know, the, the supporters were saying, well, there's, you know, there, there's no soul at Marvel Stadium. And I said, don't you bring your own soul? Don't you, because GWS is not traveling there. You know, they, they have a hard time getting fans at their own games at home. They're certainly not going to bring 20,000 fans to, to Marvel stadium or to the MCG. You've got a, you've got an opportunity here to, and I think Marvel stadium, I think seats around 60,000, if I'm not mistaken, I, I whatever it is, let's say it's 60,000. You've got a chance to have 59,000 of your closest friends and supporters of your club in that, in that those stands. Let's say a thousand giant supporters show up. You can drown them out. You can blow the roof off of that stadium if you choose to do so. But you chose to stay home and, and you know stomp your feet and whine and complain because you didn't get to play at the MCG. You know, I, I'm sorry, but that's I just I find it mind-boggling that that's the case. And it and 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 if you're a Richmond supporter, I'm I'm not trying to be a butthead here. I'm not trying to be a jerk. Yeah, you, know, you don't have to try to explain it to me. I just think that it's just a lot of whining in this case. You, it's it's not they didn't they didn't send you here to play. It's I, I don't know. I I think I read it's like what three four stops on the train line between the places between the two grounds. Sure, maybe there aren't as many bars and restaurants around Marvel Stadium as there are around the MCG. I'm sorry, maybe you have to go home and have your beer. You know, get your get your fill of meat pies and donuts at the game. And then go home, you know, fat and happy after you get a win. And you've drowned out the other crowd, the other team, and, and they didn't hear a single person supporting them. I, I just, I, I just, it's 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 not it's not that it's making me angry. It, I'm just I'm flabbergasted by it. I just I I don't get it. Now, first of all, I, I, I in, in a way I I I I can almost see the point because yes, MCG is their home ground, but they didn't send them to another city. But like I said, here I am as a Geelong supporter, and they they generally have to go play Collingwood at the MCG. They have to go play Richmond there. Um, I believe they have to usually go play Hawthorne there as well. Uh, and it's, you know, uh, and, but here's the thing, and this is the funny thing about this. 
and, and I mentioned this on Twitter after it happened. They came back from 28 points down to, you know, to have uh, Daniel really kick that, that fantastic goal at the end of the game to get the win by, I think, by four or five points. Less than 19,000 fans showed up at that game. But here's the thing. You're going to have 50,000 Richmond supporters claim that they were at the game. Because they 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 want to be able to say that they saw this huge, wonderful comeback against the Giants. So they're going to say they were there, you know, even though they weren't there. Oh, yeah, yeah, I saw that. I was in person. I was sitting up in this section here. And, and then somebody says, no, that's the seat I was sitting in. Yeah, so I, I, again, I don't want to harp on this too much because it's just, it's a, uh, it's just, it's kind of a, uh, um, I don't want, I'm not, I'm not trying to anger people here. Okay. I'm not trying to tick people off. I just am really, as some people are posting here, it's just really not a good look for the game. And, you know, you know, the Bulldogs have been sent, you know, all over the place lately to go play at different parks. I don't, you know, I don't hear them complaining. You know, GWS had to go play a home game in the, in the capital territory, if I'm in the capital district, if I'm not mistaken. And maybe, you know, maybe that arrangement works off well. Maybe they draw more fans there because I know they struggle to draw fans in um, at Giant Stadium. You know, they don't have, they don't have as much support as they would like. But, you know, to, to realize that you've got, an opportunity to go watch a club and you choose, you know, you, you protest sort of, you protest by not showing up. Well, I'll show the league. I'll show them. I I just won't be at the game. I mean, what does that tell your club? What does that tell the club that's out on the ground that, you know, that, that they're not worthy of you traveling three and a half miles down the road to come watch them play. Yes. I could have, and again, they're professionals. They played in empty stadiums last year. But that had to be a bit of a downer for them also, looking around and wondering where everybody was. It's just, it's it's crazy. And I and I just, I I don't know. I, I don't want to harp on this anymore, but I just am, I'm really, I'm really, really uh, amazed by how upset people got about this. And, you know, and like I said, I, 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 I fired back at some people. I didn't, you know, I didn't, uh, you know, cause I, I've deferred to a lot of people and I generally do that on, on social media because I don't, I don't want to tick people off. Cause again, I'm still, I'm still trying to get my feet under me as far as, you know, the podcast goes, that type of thing. I don't want to, uh, um, well, yeah, there, you know, you have the streaming service. You can watch the games at home and, and maybe, maybe seeing the game at home is a, uh, is a better option. Maybe you get a better view of the game. You know, I, I, you know, I, before, before I was put in the position where I cannot watch the Cleveland Indians baseball team play right now, because the channel that hosts their games is no longer available on the, the television service that I have. You know, I used to watch Indians games all the time. I didn't often get to the stadium to watch games. It's about an hour away. It's, it's a, you know, it's an expensive, you know, proposition to buy tickets and park and all that sort of thing. And, and, you know, we were doing a lot of things on a budget, you know, I usually try to get my son to a game every year, but we weren't getting to more than that, but it's, uh, I just, uh, I don't know. I, I, 
I love the option of being able to watch the games on television here through the Watch AFL app. I mean, and again, if you're an American fan and you and you don't have that, you're only getting three games a week. There's so much more out there. You've got every game on there going back to 2017. You've got all of the shows that Fox Footy puts on there. You've got, uh, you know, if you if you found a club that you want to support, become an international supporter. You know, I'm not getting a nickel for that. Uh, you know, sign up through your club. Throw them some money. You know, sign up through afana.com or through the USAFL if you're here. Help out those great organizations. But, you know, if you love this game, em- you know, embrace it. Now, Harper, I know, was going to come on here in just a sec. I'd send him the the uh, uh, link to this so he could hop on. I think he still is in the uh, the board here. Um, yeah, and that's you know, that's that is true. You know, because you know you've had you know you've had so many different you know instances where there have been lockdowns within uh, within Australia and that sort of thing. So that that is true. I think. Uh, let me. Where did it go? Here, Harper was just there. Um, and it just disappeared on me where it said he wanted to come on. Now, where did it go here? Did it pop behind the screen? Nope, it didn't pop behind the screen. So I don't know where it went. Um, so I don't know if I need I already sent the invite here. So Harper, I think you're going to have to hop back on there again and send that thing through to me one more time for me to be able to. There it is. Okay. Okay, hey, Harper, Craig, I think you might you? be on there now, sir. Yep, uh, I think I'm on. Uh, but I'd just like to... I haven't got too much time to talk, but I liked how you got very passionate about that Richmond fan issue, and I completely share your views. It's absolutely disgraceful, that turnout. I know basically pretty much the 17 other clubs, their supporters would kill to have had an era like Richmond is in right now. And Richmond fans kind of show their gratitude for having this amazing year, these amazing plays with a attendance of 18,000 people. It's just, it's awful. It's awful. And I was having a look. Um, I remember a game in 2016 against the same team, the, the Giants, Essendon against the Giants, uh, in June uh, of 2016. This was the season where Essendon had uh, 12 of their most important players suspended uh, because uh-huh. of the drug saga, of course. And right, we had right. 10 random rejects, basically, uh, come into their club to top up the list. And to that same fixture, Essendon versus GWS in a cold uh, June Sunday 4.40 game, the graveyard time slot, we got 14,000 <laughs> people. And we, we were hopeless that year. We got 14,000 people. We were locked in for the wooden spoon and we nearly beat – Richmond's attendance on Saturday night. And it's a prime time slot, Saturday night, um, perfect for a massive crowd and 18,000 people. It's just, it's horrendous. Yeah, I was, I, I, I it really, you know, and again, I, I can't see the crowd, but when I, when I read about it and I heard about it and I saw the people complaining on Twitter, it's like, what are you complaining about? And it's, and, 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 and I, yeah, I had I actually had to you know do a little bit of work online. I hopped onto Google Maps and I I used a measuring tool and that sort of thing to find out just how far apart they are. And it's like they're fifty seven hundred meters apart. I mean, it's uh, we're not we're not like I said we're not talking about is Ballarat is the correct pronunciation, right? Yeah, Ballarat. Yeah, it, it's a, it's a couple of hours away if I'm not mistaken from from like the city center. Yeah, yeah, around a couple. Yeah, of so like they that. didn't send them up there to play. They didn't send them to, uh, you know, like I said, they didn't say we're going to have an outreach game at Alice Springs and go play a game there. 
or you know, or send them up to to, to cans, as you know, um, you know, Gerard Waitley was saying that that uh, I guess Hardwick didn't like to go play there either. Uh, yeah, I just thought, I just thought it was like a petulant, you know, whiny child kind of approach to things. And 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 I know I'm going to make some, you know, I'm not calling out any Tiger supporters by name or anything like that. I'm not, I'm not trying to do that sort of thing. But just collectively, it was, it was just a, it was a bad look. I thought awful. I, and yeah. I know I'm pretty sure on this. Every other Victorian team, uh, apart from St Kilda, is split between home grounds. So. On Essendon share their games between MCG and Marvel, and the Dogs play at uh, Marvel and Ballarat, and uh, Melbourne even play at Marvel sometimes, and of course MCG. So, and of course the Cats are playing at uh, GMHBA and the MCG, and sometimes even Marvel, I think. But it's just, oh, it's. I think they're just looking for some excuse to not rock up. Uh, I, it's, it's just, it baffles me. Really, we're losing honestly. you there. You're it's kind of you're so kind of strange. fading in and out there, Harper. So, you're going to want to go over that again, real quick. Oh uh, well, I'm not sure. About the last off, 15 but, seconds. Uh, my point. Okay, well, yeah, I was talking about that point that uh, every other Victorian team, apart from St Kilda, I think, uh, splits their home games between multiple mm-hmm. venues, and. Uh, so, like, basically every team has to put up with this kind of thing, moving between venues. And I thought your point that the fans bring the soul was absolutely spot on. If, like, any game that's under a third uh, capacity crowd like that uh, Richmond game was, it's not going to have much atmosphere. But if you had 56, 57,000 people there and it was uh, f- uh, filled up to the brim uh, capacity – the atmosphere would have been amazing. I've been at Marvel uh, with some uh, amazing atmospheres, uh, 40 plus, 50 plus uh, thousand crowds, and it's it's amazing. Uh, <laughs> it's, there's really not that much to whinge about. It's it's not the perfect venue. It's, it's not like the nicest part of town, but like you said, it's five kilometres away. Just suck it up. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, what's that? What is it? Buck up, Buttercup, or whatever it is like that. Yeah, it's, yeah. I just, yeah. You know, so, I, so I wouldn't. Wouldn't it be, you know, in in this this season of uh, of and and this is not going to happen. But you know, in this season of of you know, kind of embarrassing things that have happened, whether it be you know the the report coming out of Collingwood or you know the, the just a little incident here recently, which you know. Of you know Jordan Degoe, you know uh, you know grabbing you know Quainar's tush, and you know several coaches finding new uh, new significant others in the hub. Uh, wouldn't it just be if we? And it, like I said, it's never going to happen. Wouldn't it be funny if uh, you know Gil McLaughlin makes a call to the Tigers and after you know and they're going to play their first round finals game, and uh, they say, by the way, uh, we're going to go ahead and schedule your you know you're the home club. But we're going to go ahead and schedule you at. Uh, at uh, Marvel for this game because you know we're going to send Melbourne to play their their first round game of the MCG instead. Can you imagine the crap storm that would oh. rise out of that if that happened? <laughs> that that'd be hilarious. That <laughs> oh no, yeah, like I said, it's that. never going to happen. <laughs> but that yeah. would yeah, that yeah. would that would make this pay that would, that would make this seem like this was you know just a cakewalk like this was not a big deal. So, but yeah, I I don't. 
I don't, uh, I don't, I, I guess I'm not going to understand it, you know, cause you know, the whole revenue thing, you know, and I guess, I guess maybe the cats earn a little bit more money by playing a game in front of a bigger crowd. But the, the thing is that bigger crowd is still going to be, you know, 75% tiger supporters, if not more, because, you know, it's, it's, it's a hike for the cats to, you know, supporters, and I know it's not that far. It's forty-five minutes or an hour to come up the 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 highway there to get to Melbourne. But it for some of some of the cat supporters, that's not a trip that they can make, whether yeah, it be to their, due to their advanced yeah their advanced age or whatever the case may be. You know, they just can't travel, and you know that's why the teams travel. So I mean, I and I guess I I guess I would I would love to see Richmond play in Geelong. Yeah, you know, I know Collingwood came down there for a, a practice match earlier this year. But that's mm. you know I don't think they're gonna yeah you know, I don't think they're gonna come down there and actually play a game there. Yeah, Essendon's decreasing kind of uh, performance levels, I guess, uh, has has resulted in us being fixtured for a game in Geelong in the regular season for the first time mm-hmm. in my lifetime, at least for the first time this century, I think. Uh, so wow. we're coming, yeah, coming to Geelong uh, in what a few rounds time, maybe round fourteen, round fifteen, something like that. Something like that, yeah. Um, yeah, and also just from a bit of a personal perspective, Essendon. In, so I'm 18 years old. For the people who don't uh, haven't heard me on the show before, Essendon haven't finished above seventh place on the ladder my life in my lifetime. So, and we haven't won a final since I was a year old. So, we've been crap basically my whole life. And <laughs> <laughs> I think in my all my years, I've probably missed five or ten games that have been in Melbourne. And that's despite us probably losing 70, 65%, 70% of our games in my yeah. lifetime. So if you can't support uh, your team when they're winning, when they're at their peak, when they're kind of this force to be reckoned with within the competition – I'm very scared to see what it's going to be like if Richmond are down the bottom of – a bottom of the ladder in five or 10 years time, what the crowds are going to be like then. Well, they, you know, they might have membership numbers that, that, that have plummeted by then, you know, maybe then those fans find another team to be a fair weather fan for, but I can, I can top you on that whole winning thing. Okay. Yeah. I, I will be 58 years old next month. I, I, I'm a Cleveland Brown supporter. They won the championship. Last time they won the championship, I was in diapers I was a year old when they won the championship. I hope I'm not yeah. in diapers. Again. I hope I'm not in diapers again when they win one. Okay, uh, but which is just an image. Which is an image right there. I don't want anybody to conjure up. But, you know the Cleveland, the Cleveland Indians, the baseball team here. They haven't won a championship since my mom was six years old, and she will be seventy nine later this year. Yeah. So, you know, the, if you want to you want to talk, you know, hard luck stories. So when when the Cleveland Cavaliers won a championship and I'm not a big basketball fan, but I watched the cha- the finals and such when they won a championship and I started crying. My daughter couldn't understand why I was crying about it. And I, and I explained to her, you know, here's what, you know, sports fans. And, and again, it, yes, it's sports. It's not that big a deal. And she tried to tell me that. Uh, but it's. It's something that that occupies you know, a lot of people's time, and you know we've been you know we've been the lovable losers for you know 
75 plus years and they finally finally won something and now you know maybe the you know the browns are on their way up again so you know maybe just maybe just maybe and if if tony you're still on here maybe the browns will win the win the division this year so mm. <sighs> yeah and so and another team uh in the afl that maybe um is comparable to the cleveland browns St Kilda, they St Kilda hasn't won a premiership since 1966, I think. That's mm-hmm. 55 years ago, and I'm just going to have a look now at some of their crowds. But they wouldn't be getting much less than 18,000 to games against interstate teams. Uh, so um, oh, it hasn't got the crowd for the St Kilda West Coast game, but I imagine it was higher than uh, 18,000 or very, very close to it. And there, St Kilda is a team that's kind of a bit of a middling team this year. They're, they're not right. pulling up any trees like Richmond have been for the last five years. So, again, I better leave it there because I've got to go to work. But just if you're a Richmond supporter and you had a free night on the Saturday night and you watched it from TV and you didn't rock up to the game, you should take a long, hard look at yourselves because that is just disgraceful. Yeah, I, I would – I mean, I, I would have – if I was there – and, you know, I'm not a supporter of either club. If I was there and I had an opportunity to go to the game, hell yeah. You know, show me how to show me how to get on the train and get to the stadium so I can go watch. You know, you know, give me an Uber or a Lyft or, or whatever, you know, a taxi cab, a bus. I don't know, uh, you know, a, a, a jeepney. I don't I don't know what it, what it would be to get me. I would I'd want to go, you know, because when I come, I plan on going to watch as many games as I possibly can. I don't care who's playing. Yeah, I want to watch some damn footy. In person, yeah. You know, and I'll I'll yeah. be that I'll be that person sitting at the uh, at the Tigers Magpies game wearing you know the Geelong stuff, and they're wondering, "What are you doing here?" I said, "I'm only here for a couple of weeks, and this is what I got to wear, and this is what I'm wearing." I did that. Mm. Uh, went to a uh, Minnesota Vikings and Washington Redskins game wearing all my Browns gear a few years back, and people looked at me like I had you know three heads, and I said, "Hey, you know, I'm not from here. This is who I support." <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. Just yep. last so, point. Like, there'd be hundreds of thousands of footy fans across the country who would kill, who would be so so grateful for their team just to make the finals, just to win a final, just to even make the finals. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just I don't think I need to say it again, but it's, it's shocking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, but it, but I'll, it's, I'll it's so go. fun to hear. Well, have <laughs> have a have a fun day at work. Where are you working at now? Uh, I'm working at a bit of a cafe slash production uh, kind of kitchen for this chocolate company, basically. Uh, oh, cool. So, yeah, um, I'll head out there in about 15 minutes. So, anyway, uh, I'll Good keep deal. listening and I'll catch well, you. Keep, keep working hard at work at school as well. Okay. Thank you. See All you right. That's, that's Harper Pessinger from the Where Do We Begin podcast. So, uh, if you're not listening to their podcast, Harper and Lockie are, are both, as you heard, Harper's 18 years old. I think Lockie is early 20s right now. And they have had some phenomenal guests. They do some great interviews on their podcast. And they're just, he doesn't sound like he's 18. Okay. He doesn't sound like he's 18. He, he interviews people like he's been doing this a long time. And if you really want to, you know, and, and what he has done is he's kind of tapped into some of the really young players not only in footy but in other sports as well so and, and i listen to mainly the footy ones but if you get a chance to listen to his podcast as well 
it's really, really good. It, that's called Where Do We Begin? So, you know, I, I think, I think we have definitely, uh, um, ridden this tiger long enough here. So I, uh, I don't want to go ahead and, and go any further into that. I think that Harper did a great job of, of, um, yeah, reinforcing what I've been saying as well. So I didn't want to get into my, uh, my tips for this week. And, you know, again, um, I was seven and two last week. I think I had one of the games different on uh, the actual tipping competition that I'm in. Uh, Cause I'm in a tipping competition online with uh, I think 18 or 19 uh, other people who are involved in footy podcasts. I'm the only American there. And I believe I'm in fourth place right behind Harper. I think Harper has one more correct answer than I, or correct tip than I do. So I feel, I feel pretty good for being in fourth place. Now I'm in another, I'm in a super coach league with a lot of those same people and I'm, I've won one game. I think I'm one in seven because I've yet to figure out the whole, how to cap, you know, they, I keep hearing people say, well, yeah, bring in these young players and put them on your, your list. And then their values are going to go up. And I've got, uh, that number one overall pick from the Bulldogs is still sitting in my starting lineup and he hasn't played a game yet. So, uh, I quite, I quite haven't figured out how super coach works all that well yet in order to capitalize on those types of things. But <clears throat> that having been said, let me get into my tips here. Cause I've already hit the one hour mark on this pod on this episode. And we, uh, we already started this one about 15 minutes late. Cause I had a, uh, technical glitch there. So, I'm going to go through the games in the order that they're being played this week and, and arguably the top game this week uh, up at the Gabba, Brisbane, and the Richmond Tigers. Now, this is a Brisbane home game, is it not? I believe this is a Brisbane home game. So, you know, the Tigers aren't having to play this one as a home game, so that's a good thing. You know, the Tigers, it was a great company. You can't fault the effort of the game. I mean, the comeback that they had, was phenomenal against GWS. You know, it, it, they've got all these youngsters. And as I mentioned before, these youngsters are having to practice against the defending premiers. So they're going to get better simply by practicing against these guys. You know, they came back from 28 points down. And, uh, you know, they've got some, you know, they still got some key members of their of their squad that are going to be out for a while yet. Um, but they're going to the GABA and, you know, the Lions have won five in a row. Uh, as I'd mentioned before, they are kicking the ball much more accurately. And, uh, you know, Jared Lyons is doing a really, really good imitation of Lockie Neal. Um, and I think the Lions are going to make it six in a row here. So this is this is going to be that opportunity right here for one of those teams that's at four and five to make that leap and get back to even and match the Tigers, at least in terms of wins, maybe not in percentage, but in terms of wins, I've got Brisbane winning this one by eight points. Okay. It might be more than that, but I, again, I usually don't go all crazy with my, my tips by wide margins or things of that nature. So I've got Brisbane winning that one by, by eight points. The second game, and this one is at uh, the MCG. So they do play games there, just not Richmond games every week. Although they, and, and this is something, you know what? I can't believe I didn't even mention this part during this whole diatribe, this whole conversation. The Tigers play 22 games on their fixture. 22 games. 14 of those games are already scheduled at the MCG. 
14 of 22 are scheduled at the MCG. That's not even including finals. That's the part right there, you know, that that was that that kind of really just pushed me over the edge and got me really frustrated with this whole thing. I said, you know, are the Tigers supposed to become kind of like the uh, the Harlem Globetrotters, if you will, where the Globetrotters are supposed to win every single game? Um, if you've ever seen the the Clint Eastwood movie Heartbreak Ridge, and I'm I'm just pulling this one out of thin air here. Heartbreak Ridge, really good Clint Eastwood movie. It's you know he's a little bit older. He's playing a gunnery sergeant who's in charge of a. Uh, he comes in to take take over a um, a group of Marines that is what they call their recon group, and and they're very poorly trained. Their previous officer or their previous gunnery sergeant was not very good at his job, and he's he's training these guys because they're going to have to go to war sometime, and they are basically you know they they go out and they're for their training and they're supposed to go out and kind of be like cannon fodder for the Colonel who runs this, this group who's in charge of this whole group. And they basically say, you know, here's where we're supposed to get, you know, overrun by this other group so they can defeat us. And we're supposed to die. Um, you know, these horrific deaths right here. And, and Clint Eastwood's character basically says, bullshit. I'm here to train you guys to fight and to survive in a combat situation. So we're not going to do it that way. So it's it's almost as though that you know the, the the tigers are are treating the rest of the competition like well you're just supposed to do whatever we want and I didn't even th- I didn't even think to mention the the fact that they've got 14 games that they're playing there, um, yeah round three of the Richmond and you're loving it yeah so I'm I'm done with Richmond okay I'm done with Richmond Richmond okay yeah, even a tiger can change your stripes. Okay, just that last one. Uh, so Carlton Hawthorne, you know, the Blues have dropped four out of five. You know, I think they've got a better list than Hawthorne does right now. And, and quite frankly, you know, I, the, on paper, as as Tony mentioned in his uh, in his uh, little audio clip that I played earlier, the games aren't played on paper. On paper, Carlton should win this game. You could argue that they've got one of the better lists in the competition. They just have not put it all together. They just not put it all together. You know, I do, you know, the Hawks that they had Alistair Clarkson. Clarko cannot be happy about losing, a, you know, being the club that lost to the likely wooden spoon winners, earners, whatever you want to use. Um, yeah, so he's going to have his club ready to play this week. But I, I think that, I do think the Blues get this over the line. I think they're just, they're they're a good enough club. You know, you've, you've got some veteran leadership there now with Eddie Betts. And if I'm, I think, I'm not mistaken, didn't Eddie Betts kick five goals this last week? You know, just phenomenal to see him go back out there and have an Eddie Betts type of game. You know, it's it's just, if you want to bring in new fans, I, I think we could sit people down and have them uh, um, watch Eddie Betts uh, highlights and just watch him put, you know, kick the ball in from so many different angles. And just that would get people excited. So I, I've got Carlton winning this one by 10 points. Okay. I think the blues do win this one. Um, and Hey, Geelong's going to play a home game at their home grounds here at the uh, GMBHA Cardinia park stadium. Uh, they're back home. They're they're They, they were sluggish against the saints in statistically. The saints did very well against them. And, you know, the saints just, you know, they kicked more behinds and, uh, you know, the Suns, they got hammered by the Lions last week. There's no other way to say it, okay? You know, they, uh, they, they'd they won two in a row. They've now lost two in a row. You know, 
Cam Guthrie and Mitch Duncan have become terrific midfielders. Yeah, I, I saw somebody state that they thought that you know Cam Guthrie could could be a possibility for the for the Brownlow this year. I don't know. I don't. I don't know how that voting works. I just see at the end where you know, here's a guy who wins it. And I go back and I look and say, yeah, he had a pretty good year. But you know, Cam Guthrie always seems to be around the ball. Um, Mitch Duncan has had a phenomenal year this year. I do see the Cats winning this one by a couple of goals. Um, then we move on to the Adelaide Oval, and we've got the uh, the Crows hosting the D's. So you've got last year's uh, Wooden Spoon club playing the number one team in the comp right now the one that again i will say i didn't even have on my list playing finals this year yet another mea culpa sorry about that tony uh you know they, the crows started out promising they started out i think three and one they've dropped five in a row and uh yeah they just uh the d's have got you know christian Petrock, i believe just signed a new seven-year deal with them you know, and the D's are beating clubs in so many different ways. I mean, they I think you've got you you've got the best ruck in the comp. Okay. You've got arguably one of the top two midfields in the comp. I still think that up there with uh with the Bulldogs. And you know, if the cats are healthy, I think they're maybe like two A. You know, they've got a pretty good darn good midfield as well. But you know, having Patty Dangerfield out, having, you know, you know, Joe Selwood is is uh is you know getting up there in age a little bit still very effective, but I think right now that, that that the D's have the best midfield, and the Bulldogs probably the second. Or you could flip flop them two sides of the same coin. You know they're coming at you from so many different ways. A lot a lot like the way Brisbane is scoring as well. Uh, you know, you know you got you know Tom McDonald, Bailey Fritz who are you know kicking multiple goals week in and week out, and it's just this is a club that might just be on a uh, on a date with destiny here. This. Are they going to run the table? Are they going to go 22 and 0? I doubt it. Um, but they're going to get this one. I've got the D's winning this one by 15 points. And it could be uh I think that they uh they're gonna they're gonna win a few more games before you know so Tony's gonna have to keep doing little uh voicemails here for the next few weeks, I think. Then we move back to Marvel Stadium. They do play home games there as well. The Bulldogs actually get to play. Uh, close to home this week, they're playing the Saints. And this is, again, one of the other top games of the week. Uh, you know, the Saints, they did a lot of really good things this past week. You know, you know Brett Ratton, you know, made some, you know, maybe some valid points about the you know, holding the ball rule against the Cats where they didn't get very many. Um, they didn't get very many uh, free kicks out of them. I, I think that losing Rowan Marshall again is a huge loss for them because you know, you're gonna you've got you know Patty Ryder who's a little bit older who's gonna be doing a lot of the ruck work then as well. Um you know, the Bulldogs, you know, they got knocked off by the Tigers a couple weeks ago. They have bounced back the last couple weeks. They're getting Tim English back this week again as well. You know, very silky player up there, you know, great, great kicker of the ball, you know, inside 50 meters. I've got the Bulldogs taking this one by eleven, but I think this is gonna be a very competitive game because the Saints are again this is a club that needs to win but they but they also need the percentage as well so even just getting a win isn't enough then we head out to optus for Fremantle and sydney and you know the swans they've won two out of their last three frio's lost three in a row and in many ways this this is a this is a must win game in many ways for for Fremantle. okay they don't want you know they want if they want to keep number the eight position in their sight i think this is a must win for them 
you know, the Tigers are there, and I and I can't see the Tigers staying there long. I think the Tigers are only going to start their climb up the ladder. They're not going. I don't think they're going to fall off the. No, they may fall back this week against Brisbane, but I think once that happens, they start that climb back up the ladder again. So they may drop to five and five this week. Again, I already tipped them to lose this week. Um, well. Tarzan, I'm gonna have this is where I'm gonna be disagreeing with you on here. This is my hunch game of the week. This is my I'm I, I have a hunch. And I did this a couple weeks ago with the Sydney and Richmond game. I tipped I tipped Sydney to beat Richmond a few weeks back. And then a couple, I think the next week or two weeks later, I tipped Gold Coast to beat Sydney and got both of those, got both of those right. Um, because that Gold Coast game was right after the one where they'd given up, uh, I think they were down 70 points at halftime. And I, I'd made a comment where I, I, I know what Stuart Dew said that made it to air in the Making Their Mark video. And I can only imagine what he said being down 70 points at halftime, which never would get onto a television program. So they were they were going to come back out and play well the next week, and they did. Okay. I I think that uh the Dockers, you know, they can't fall, they can't fall out of the race here. And I, I think that this their home, the Swans are traveling cross country. Um, Buddy's going to be back playing again. And, and while I think Buddy Franklin is one of the greatest goal kickers of all time, in many ways, I think that the, the Swans end up trying to, they, they, from what I've seen, they almost try to change the way they play the game. Cause they're, we got to get Buddy to a thousand goals. We got to get Buddy to a thousand goals. And, it, and it, it sometimes changes the flow of what they're doing during the course of the game where they may go out and be successful and, and play well and, and, and score at will when Buddy's not out there. And again, don't, don't get me wrong. I don't, I don't not want Buddy out there. I want to see him playing, but I worry if they become too buddy centric, trying to make sure that he gets as many shots on goal as they can possibly get. Okay. Like I said, I've, I've got Frio winning this one in an upset. They're at home. City's going cross country. This is my hunch for this week. Okay. Uh, yeah. I'd, uh, you're going to put your, your hunch on, on Frio. Yeah. Well, that's true. They can't kick straight. That's, that's true. Uh, maybe because they were kicking, they thought the goals were pointed in the different direction, like the, they are at Optus Stadium. Maybe they're just at a different angle. I'm not sure. Um, then moving on to the uh, Giant Stadium for GWS and West Coast. Now, of course, in the last game, I said that Sydney's going to lose because they're flying cross country. Well, here we've got the uh, the Eagles flying east and playing G- GWS. And, uh, well, I've got the Eagles winning this game. I, th- I think that's going to be a crushing blow not having Toby Green out there. Uh, and, and I hope it it is something that ends up uh, being something that the club can, can overcome. But again, that, you know, this is the proverbial heart and soul of your team that, that's not going to be out there. And you know, this is a guy who's not afraid to stick his nose in wherever it needs to go to get a ball, to make a tackle, and, and I, I don't know how you replace him. Okay. I honestly, I don't. And it's, uh, I think that, you know, that, that, that the, uh, the Eagles are, are too good of a club right now. You know, they've got too much talent. I know they've got a couple of people still out. Liam Ryan is listed as a test. Maybe he's going to be back this week. Maybe not till next week, but their midfield is still pretty solid. They've got a really good ruck. Uh, you know, I just, I think the Eagles are going to take this one. I've got the Eagles winning this one by a goal and a half. Okay. 
And hey, look at this. We're playing another game at the MCG this weekend. Cool. And Collingwood is hosting Port Adelaide. And uh, you know, Port's dropped two out of their last three. They got blown out by the Lions. They got beat by, what, four goals or so by uh, the Bulldogs this past week. The Pies are at home. But I think Port Adelaide's right. Port Adelaide writes the ship here. They're too strong of a club, even though they're playing on the road. Uh, this is a game that they kind of need to win to kind of to just kind of stabilize things. Because like I said, they've lost two out of three. Collingwood's in disarray. You know, they just added a uh, they just added a new uh, member of their board, and I don't know much about I don't know anything about this lady, but somebody who's a, a Pies supporter. Uh, Jake, who I interviewed uh, as a, in the Pies preview a couple of months back, actually dug up or found an old tweet that she'd put out where she was kind of giving one of her friends a hard time where she said something to the effect, well, at least I'm not a Pies supporter or something of that nature. Um, and now she's on the board of directors for the Pies. So it just it's it just, it just was a crazy tweet to see that. So Jake, if you're listening, good, good pickup on seeing that tweet there. Uh, you know, it's, uh, yeah, I think, I think that the, you know, the pies are, are going to struggle this week and, you know, there will only be one set of prison bars there this week. Okay. Um, for this matchup, but I, I don't see a problem with there being a second one at another game next week. Uh, who cares? Yeah. What Port Adelaide wears. I mean, that, that was kind of, I guess, a historical Guernsey for them at one time. You know, it's, I don't care. Doesn't really matter to me one way or the other. So, I've got Port winning this one by 13 points, okay? And the final game of the weekend, and this is uh, back at Marvel Stadium again, I believe, for the second time of the round. You've got Essendon and North Melbourne. Now, North Melbourne is going to be coming in really high, having gotten their first win, okay? They're growing with confidence each week. They're playing hard. They're they're improving. Things are starting to happen. Uh, to give a, a shout-out to uh, the guys from the Hawks Talk podcast from – Back, uh, I think it was during the trade period that I talked to them and we're discussing what they wanted to see happen this year. Um, they Harper said it's a danger game for them. You're, you're right, it is. Uh, but I think Essendon's going to win this one by uh, by 11 points. But I completely lost my train of thought there. Uh, oh, the Hawk talk, Hawks talk, guys. They said that what they wanted to see this year from from the Hawks, because they I think they they resigned themselves to the fact that they're probably not going to be playing, you know, for a position in finals this year. They said that what they wanted to see were green shoots. They wanted to see growth, and uh, that makes sense. And I actually I sent them a note on Twitter after they won their first game, and I just I found a GIF or a GIF, whatever you I think it's a GIF, and it was just a little GIF of grass growing. So it showed that like the grass seeds coming up out of the soil and starting to move upward, you know, that was speeded up. So it was showing the green shoots So and they got a kick out of that. But yeah, I, I don't think that uh, North is going to win this game, but I wouldn't put it past them. Okay. I think that, I think that Essen is going to win this one by almost two goals. Okay. So there's my tips for this week. Please do not take my, my tips as advice. Don't bet on game because of anything that I've said, because I don't know what I'm talking about. Okay, I really don't. I like to think that I do. Um, so that's pretty much the episode there for tonight. I I appreciate all of you who tuned in. Harper, thanks for coming on. Uh, Tony, thanks for sending the uh, the note there. Uh, you know, 
Tarzan, thanks for, you know, and I, I think I know who this is, but I'm not positive on this one, but uh, thanks for, for uh, being on here and providing all the messages during the, uh, that's right. Um, all of the, uh, the notes on here. I'd love to actually get you on here talking sometime in the near future. That'd be fantastic. But before I wrap up tonight, I did want to take one moment and I, and I ran across it uh, this on Twitter just a couple minutes before I went live the first time. So if you're just joining me here, I went through the first 10 minutes of the podcast uh, before, for Tim and Harper told me, Hey, we can't hear anything. Uh, and I think it's because I had unplugged my microphone for just a split second to listen to the, uh, the audio that I had recorded uh, with uh, Jared Waitley's comments. And it didn't, it didn't re-recognize the, uh, the microphone. So I think that's where I screwed up there, but I, w- I wanted to express my, my sadness. Uh, I just saw, had seen that uh, an actor that, that I was a huge fan of passed away today. A uh, gentleman by the name of Charles Grodin, uh, who was 86 years old. You might've seen him in uh, the Beethoven movies with the big St. Bernard dog and that type of thing. And he's been in a lot of those types of movies, but I, the, the, where I saw him, the uh, and where I really enjoyed his work was in a film called Midnight Run, and it was it was a comedy with uh, it was kind of a buddy comedy, if you will, with Robert De Niro. Absolutely one of the funniest movies I have ever seen, and and um, Charles Grodin used to, it was just this sardonic, you know, very dry comic genius and he would go on the 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 late night tv talk shows here in the states whether it was with david letterman or with johnny carson when he, on the tonight show and i think even with with Jaden, especially especially with um johnny carson and david letterman and he just was he was so brilliantly funny without trying to be funny and it just it, it's sad to see that he's passed away but he was to me he was a comic genius and and, he, and he's going to be missed and if you haven't seen the movie um Midnight Run. I strongly suggest you check it out. And I am I'm kicking myself. I've got over 600 uh, movies in my collection, and I don't own a copy of Midnight Run. It's one I've I've looked at, but it's it's one that's not on DVD in many places. When I look on eBay, it's kind of hard to find that one. So it's uh, and it's always a little bit pricey. So I haven't picked one of those up yet. Someday I'm going to get it because it, it's one that I, I I would love to sit down and watch with my grandkids someday, which. Who knows if that's ever going to happen based upon the conversations that I've been having with my kids, uh, which might actually lead me to my second podcast that I'm thinking about getting going. So, ladies and gents, that's going to be it for tonight. I appreciate all of you tuning in and listening. If you want to help out the podcast, you can you know check out the uh, Buy Me a Coffee page or my Redbubble store page. I'm hoping to get my new designs up and, and done here very soon. I've got them sketched out. I just have to find somebody to draw them for me. Uh, I hope that you'll consider sharing this episode or my website with your friends and family. If you like the podcast, if you got other f- friends who are uh, footy fans, you know they may not want to listen to the week to week episodes because they're they might be a little bit dated. But there are dozens of interviews over the last eighteen months that they might find interesting as well. A lot of a lot of big names, and I'm starting to get yeah. You know, again, I, I'm I'm amazed that that some of the people that I've reached out to have said yes. You know, I. Uh, I've been trading emails with uh, Kate Roffey for the last three or four weeks after she got in the position. I, I put a note, I sent a message to her on LinkedIn and congratulating her on the position and saying, Hey, this is a, please consider this a, an open invitation to come on the podcast if you would be interested in doing so. And I heard back from her a couple of weeks later and we, we kind of 
traded dates on on uh, when it would work out best for for she and I, and we were able to do that last night. And it was a terrific conversation, just some really wonderful insight, and just such a positive person. And I'm I'm working on getting that edited and out to you a little bit later on this week because I'm actually pushing into close to about episode 100 of my regular episodes. I'm, I haven't been including these live episodes in that number, but I had just published number 92, I think, last week uh, with Bevan Jones um, with, from Legends from Bevo in the Adelaide area. And a lot of fun. If you haven't listened to that one, I laughed my butt off because that one was crazy because I didn't start recording that one until 1130 at night. And I'd been up since five o'clock that morning and I was, I was exhausted, but it was I, the adrenaline from laughing so much was just, was just great. So again, I hope you'll share the podcast with your friends and family. If you like the show, I hope you'll consider maybe going on to my website and leave a review or going on to the Apple uh, podcast site to my, my channel, leaving a review there. Let's other people know what you think of it. <clears throat> Excuse me, just getting a little bit of my tea there uh, before we wrap up. Remember, on the website of yankonthefooty.com, you can sign up for the mailing list. You can leave voicemails like Tony does. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, you can do all that at yankonthefooty.com. You can also email me at yankonthefooty at gmail.com. So if you need to get in touch with me, that's a great place to do it. You can leave messages on the website. I just had one show up uh, right before I went on the air. And uh, you know, some very kind words from a gentleman that lives in Spain who's a Browns fan. So there's more than one of us. Uh, and, and folks, I can't thank you enough for listening. I love the feedback that I'm getting from you. It's great. Uh, thanks for coming on, Tim. Have a great evening folks. This is the greatest game on the planet. I think bar none. Okay. We love our clubs. We're passionate about our clubs. We go to bat for our clubs as we saw this week. I'm not mentioning a team name here. I'm not doing it. Uh, but we love this game, this game of footy and we need to, you know, we need to support one another, especially here in the States as we're trying to get more and more footy aired here in the States. That was a great, that was part of the conversation I had with, uh, Kate Roffey last night was about some of the stuff that goes on here in the States. And I thought she, you know, Discussing that with her was a great place to do it because I don't think the people who are in the leadership positions there really know what happens here in the States. And as I, I've said, I said it in, an, in a previous episode, I said, even if you only get 1% of the population of the United States interested in footy, that's 3 million people. That's 3 million people. If you get 1% of us interested in the game, that's 3 million possible international members for clubs. We are an untapped resource. Okay. So, folks, going to wrap it up right now. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, may your dribble kick never, ever hit the post. And until next time, ladies and gents, this is Craig Wessels from A Yank on the Footy in Sandusky, Ohio. I wish you a fantastic Wednesday afternoon if you're in Melbourne, a great evening if you're here in the States. And let's have a fantastic weekend of footy coming up. Bye-bye, ladies and gentlemen.